Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Markets. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we know it's important to stay ahead of inflation. We think about where interest rates are going and what this means for markets. Pipeline companies may offer inflation protection through the energy transition. We identify other sectors with the ability to maintain their margins when prices are rising. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to explain why the climate change debate needs more pragmatism. I, I, I'm you very confident in our supply chains. I'm very confident that we'll be able to uh, keep energy supplies going. There, there, there is a short-term problem caused by the uh, hydrocarbon price spike, the, the gas price spike, caused basically by the huge demand in, uh, in Asia. That's British Prime Minister Boris Johnson trying to reassure viewers that the UK won't run out of energy this winter. What a situation to be in. The problems with gasoline supplies a month ago were caused by Brexit because thousands of East European truck drivers went home after Britain left the EU. Boris Johnson championed Brexit, so it's entirely appropriate that he had to deal with that problem. But the vulnerable state of Britain's power supplies predates Johnson's time as prime minister. For years, the agenda of climate change extremists has driven energy policy in Britain. They've increased their reliance on wind power substantially, If you've ever stood on the east coast of England facing the blustery North Sea, it's easy to understand why this seemed like a no-brainer. They've also been reducing their natural gas storage capacity in preparation for needing less of it. Unlike several other countries, they've been phasing out nuclear power because the whole world is supposed to run on windmills and solar panels. Britain is just the latest country to discover that electricity that relies on cooperative weather isn't that reliable. As a result, they've been scrambling to buy natural gas. In an ironic twist, British fertilizer plants that use natural gas started to shut down. This reduced their output of CO2, a byproduct of fertilizer production that has many uses in the farming industry, including to stun cattle before they're slaughtered. How ridiculous that Britain's mishandled energy transition resulted in a shortage of CO2. While natural gas and coal prices have been shooting higher, I haven't read any stories of windmills suddenly being in short supply. Well, I think you're absolutely right that the one big issue that policymakers have not been addressing in this whole uh, mess that's currently hitting the, the gas market, the electricity market, and coming up, I think, the oil market, uh, is how to manage the transition carefully so that you don't see real bumps in the road. That's Chris Hune, former UK energy minister 10 years ago. The rush to use renewables has led many policymakers to gloss over the importance of reliability and cost. They're now finding that public concern about climate change doesn't mean voters will tolerate power outages or sharp price increases. The selling of the energy transition has been disingenuous because political leaders have told us that it'll create lots of new jobs and that renewables are cheap enough to replace traditional forms of energy. Now, European nations are confronting the reality, which is that the energy transition is hugely expensive. 
there has been inadequate thought given to what it means to greatly reduce continued investment in oil and gas while we develop cleaner sources of energy. The timing couldn't be worse. COP26, the world's climate change conference, is due to start in Glasgow at the end of October. Political leaders will meet against a backdrop of gaping weaknesses being exposed in their policies to engineer the energy transition. Britain has had to restart coal plants at great expense in order to keep the lights on. Fortunately, America has been mostly immune from this stupidity. One reason is we have diverse supplies of energy. We have enough natural gas to supply ourselves for many decades. Another reason we haven't become a victim of the energy crisis is that with the exception of California, we haven't rushed headlong into renewables without ensuring reliable power. Here's Congressman Dan Crenshaw from Texas providing a useful perspective. Yeah, I mean, we should talk about energy justice. The left is always talking about environmental justice. We should, we should say, look, the, our baseline needs to be that people can power their homes in an affordable way. All right. And then, yeah, we can make that cleaner, but, is, is, but, but you can't undermine the entire system for the sake of trying to make it cleaner, which, again, is what's really happening in California. And to some it's good that more sensible views are being heard. I'm sure if you polled people and said, do you favor reliable power that we're making cleaner, there would be overwhelming support. On the other hand, if voters are asked if they'd be willing to tolerate intermittent power subject to sudden price spikes in order to reduce CO2 emissions, there wouldn't be much support. That's what climate extremist policies are providing. Environmental extremists and their legislative allies in this building are advancing a radical energy agenda that will destroy Pennsylvania's energy industry. A radical agenda that will result in little of any environmental progress, no new jobs, and higher, much higher energy costs for consumers. This is State Senator John Udichak in Pennsylvania. Personally, I prefer a warmer climate. I put a lot more effort into avoiding cold than into avoiding heat. And winter kills many more people than summer. The earth has already warmed by one degree since pre-industrial times. So the one and a half degrees of warming we're being told to avoid is already two thirds done. But we are warming the planet. While I don't think anyone can be certain about the consequences, risk management means we should be doing something about it. The problem is that too much of the debate is religious instead of practical. It's all about absolutes instead of a range of choices. The debate really ought to be about how much we're willing to spend because reducing CO2 emissions will be enormously expensive. The energy transition is inflationary. We should be planning on more nuclear energy. We should plan on carbon capture, on using hydrogen. We should be doing all of these things and more because solar panels and windmills, the only policy solution offered by climate extremists, is clearly only a small part of any real solution. The COP26 climate conference in Glasgow will be a good opportunity for world leaders to take a more realistic approach to the problem. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Markets. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, 
follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.